Welcome. You're about to listen to a message from LifePoint, a warm, friendly, and vibrant community for the young at heart. All right, without further ado, uh, such a blessing to have uh, my good friend bless us this morning. Uh, this is Sunday that I, I have the opportunity of just sit down and be blessed myself. Uh, and I'm so excited to have him join us in the service today. Is uh, a futurist, is an unusual child of God uh, in his makeup, in his manner of speech, in everything. It's quite unusual. God has many children. Uh, and it's one of, one of those that is uh, very peculiar, a solid gift to the body of Christ and to the business community around the world. So whatever you're joining us from this morning, I want you to sit tight, get ready to be blessed uh, by the teaching ministry of a reputable futurist, uh, uh, a man that just speaks his heart without any kind of fear, but everything he says is rooted in the Word of God and is a truckload of wisdom that can transform anybody's life. And uh, what a blessing to have him the first month of the year, of this new year, uh, you know, teaching and preaching here at the Elevation Church today. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, please wait a wonderful, warm welcome. Make welcome, my friend, Olakunle Shurion, as he comes to bless us today. Come on, somebody make him welcome, make him welcome, make him welcome. He's also a conference faith-based teacher who consistently speaks on issues related to leadership, organizational growth. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Can you hear me well? Amen. I, I really want to celebrate PG, Pastor Bola, and the entire leadership of the Elevation Church. It's always a honor and a privilege for me every time I'm here. I don't take it for granted. Um, I'm so blessed to be locked in this house and to draw strength and inspiration for all of the works and the visions and the, and the um, spiritual activities going on here. It's, it's such a blessing. Uh, PG, I, I love you so much. I thank you for your friendship. I thank you for the strength and the leadership that you bring. It's such a pleasure to uh, plug into the grace of God upon your life and all that you do. Um, thank you so much. Um, the leaders in the house, I know everybody, I love everybody, Pastor Debo, thank you all for your love um, and for the workers in the house, God bless you, keep moving. Um, the church is doing an incredible work uh, in society, in the culture, it's continuing to encourage it and be part of it. Don't warm the pews, ask for what you can do, you know, just, just be part of the movement. There's a lot shaping out in the next 10 years that is incredible. Don't read about it. Don't be left out. Plug into it. God is moving in incredible ways. Amen. I have to acknowledge the great people joining us online, all the different expressions of elevation, LifePoint, Greater Lekki, Ikoi Church, Ikoi Expression, Maryland, Ikeja Expression, um, Ikorodu, London, Canada, amazing stuff. But let's just give the Lord a clap offering. We celebrate you, Lord Jesus. Thank you all for plugging in, and I'm sure you're going to have a great time today. I have my works here. If you, if you have time, you want to go to the stand. Um, these are very expensive things. No apologies. They will help you regardless. Um, this is a 12 pack, 25 CVs. They help. 
right? 25 CDs is about 150,000 naira. You won't have brought cash, so I'm sure they've worked something out so that you can just swipe the card to get the money, you get the product. I have two amazing work here that I just did, working in newness. There were two works I shared in a, in a church in the city of Dallas. Um, the miracle of God's hand, the secret to weighty wealth and good success. And then working in newness, how to key into new beginnings. Um, both of them will help you deeply. Um, they go for 30,000 naira, both of them. You can't buy one, you have to buy the two. But if you are buying everything here, it's supposed to be 150, by doing it for 100,000. Don't frown, enjoy it, be happy, you know, just love it. So if you have time, go to the stand and pick it up. And then if you buy all of that, we have a webinar um, that I'm going to have um, in the first week of February for all our buyers of these products, because I've been selling this in six countries. This is my sixth country that I'm doing this particular two CDs. So I'm going to get everybody together and then we dig into it. Jesus, this moment is yours. Use it to your glory. Thank you for shifts. Thank you for precision in the spirit. Thank you for insight. Thank you for direction. Thank you for strength. Thank you for grace. We place a demand on the grace of God upon this house, upon God's servant. Upon my life, we demand of that grace. We come into understanding. Usable, measurable shift from point A to point B for everyone here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For those listening online, for those connecting, streaming, for those who will listen to this after today, receive grace, insight, revelation. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. I want to read some scriptures real quick, um, and then I'll move into it. I'm going to share three different messages today. Um, so when you are done in this service, please go home and go stream the two other services online, right? That's the way it's going to be. Um, if you have your Bibles, quickly open to Exodus in chapter 16. Exodus in chapter 16, and then open to Deuteronomy in chapter 8, and then open to Romans in chapter 1. That's it. The, um, Exodus in chapter 16, Um, Exodus, I'm trying to get there myself. Exodus 16, great. I'm reading from verse, oof. Oof, scripture. From verse 4, the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quarter every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord. For he hears your complaints against the Lord. But what are we that you complain against us? In verse 12, he says, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, at twilight, you shall eat meat in the morning. You shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. You shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it was that quails came up 
at evening and cover the camp, and in the morning the dew lay around the camp. Deuteronomy in verse 8. Deuteronomy in verse 8. In, sorry, chapter 8, verse 3. 8, 3. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. Why? That it might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Why did he feed them with manna? So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that it might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, Romans in chapter 1, I'm going to read that when it's time for that. So just stay with me. I would need the gentleman on the, on the um, scripture verses to just get ready for that moment when I will say Romans 1, right? So there are so many things you need to understand in the times that we are living in. And never before have we found complexity as we will find it in the years to come. There's no point seeking succor in the system. By that, I don't mean you should ignore the reality of your environment. For example, if you are in a country, you have to vote. If, you, if there's an election, you have to do your PVC and give to custom um, what is due to custom and give to citizenship what is due to citizenship. But you'll be a fool and you'll be terribly naive if you actually assume that the comfort of your destiny will come from human interactions at that level. There's no political party in the world that can secure your eternity or your place uh, of purpose and meaning on this side of the earth. They will play their role for reasons that allow governments to express themselves. You must participate. You must do all that you need to do. But while the world finds comfort in those systems, you have a government that transcends the limits of human engagement, and that is the kingdom of your God. And God has a program that defines the meaning that you experience on a daily basis. So there will be casting down, but there will be lifting up for some. You will be part of the constituency that will experience that lifting up. You will not be bothered that darkness will cover the earth, that deep darkness will cover the people. You will connect with the darkness that befell the people, but you are the light that will help them to stand out of that darkness. You are not supposed to be worried about the darkness that is on ground like you don't have a God. You are not living a hopeless life. You don't sorrow like those who don't have God. In Malachi, the Bible speaks of how at a time in human history and now we will know the difference between those who serve God and those who do not. You can't be so carried away by the weights that defeat the world and allow yourself to plug into that like you are optionless. The reality of God in your life is the capacity to birth options. You can never be stranded. The Bible says Jesus always knows what to do. And your eyes are blessed because they see. He said your ears are blessed because they hear. To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And so the question every time is for you to understand what God is doing and what's your role in it. That's the most important thing. But you see, every reality at any level, um, everything you see, every symbol you see in scripture is actually materially 
is actually a physical representation or expression of a metaphysical truth. So when you study the word, you will see things like coin, seed, bread, uh, manna, um, quail. And every time you interact with anything, whatever is represented by matter, that is, the things that have weight and occupy space. I don't care if it's a loaf of bread. I don't care if it's a shoe. I don't care if it's a wristwatch or a camera or some phone or some device. I don't care if it's anything tangible that you see on the face of the earth is actually meant to be a physical representation of a metaphysical truth. It's so important that you understand that. You are not trying to, you know how we say that you are not a human being having spiritual experiences. You are a spiritual being having human experiences. You know, in the same way that we say that God declares the end from the beginning, such that everything you are experiencing is feedback from the future. It's not the other way around. So when you hear people say stuff like, we are going to walk and create our future. You don't create your future, your future creates you. Today does not create the future. The future creates today. In practical terms, today is really a manipulated experience. And so everything you are having, everything you are experiencing has a script that defines it. Jesus said, it is written of me, sorry, the Bible says it is written of Jesus in the volume of the books to do his will. It is written of me in the volume of thy books to do thy will, O God. It's documented. There is a way your life is supposed to be. Everything going on in your life are not coincidences. They are divine orchestrations. Are we on the same page? And so every time you experience anything symbolic in scripture, it doesn't matter what it is, but anything that is tangible, anything that has weight and occupies any form of space, anything at that level is a representation of a metaphysical truth, of a spiritual perspective. It means at every point in time, God is trying to pass you information. There is knowledge available that God is passing down pretty much like the lowering of heaven and represented by the um, elevation of matter. So we raise matter, please stay with me, to meet spiritual truth. So everything you see, this stage, your shoe, coins, whatever it is, currency, whatever, the stock market, everything has a spiritual representation. It's so important that you see that. And in this time, with all the urgency that is going on in the world, if there's anything that will make the difference for you, is to always be clear where you are with God and what God is doing. The Bible says the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. The idea is you are clear about what God is doing in your life part-time. Extremely clear. Now, part of that clarity is not that you have details like you see a sheet of paper where everything is just documented because the life of the Christian at any point in time is still a life of faith. And if things are so clear that you don't need to hope, then faith will be unnecessary. Faith in itself is the management of uncertainties. If everything is so sure, that's why the Bible says, faith that is hope that is seen 
it's no longer hope. Are we together? It's no longer hope. So the idea is, if you go to that scripture that we read, it said that you may know. It said, I fed you with manna that you may know that man shall not live by bread alone. And your prosperity as a child of God and all the blessings of God coming into your life, they're not coming into your life so that you can just be cool, so that you can just, your enemies can know that you serve a God. It goes beyond all of that. And that is a very human way to think. But the kingdom way to think is to understand that you are part of an army and that an agenda is running and you are in charge of a part of that agenda at every point in time. Are we together? So, what happened in there with the scripture that we read? We see manna being lowered down for the children of Israel and then we see that manna came from heaven but they didn't know what manna was. They said, what is this? That manna actually represents spiritual truth. There's a message that God is passing down. I can, I can roll. <laughs> so, there's a message that God is passing down. But the truth is, there is no spiritual knowledge that will not be represented by a corporal, material uh, expression so that it can be knowable. The reason for it to be knowable is that there must be a physical representation of spiritual truth right represented by things that you and I can see and touch otherwise we will remain in that concentrated spiritual knowledge provided by God which is so concentrated that matter is what helps us to dimension it into usable transferable measurable formats consumable format pretty much like um, the electricity that is out there on the wire and how you just can't go and say, I want to plug my kettle. You just go plug it into that. You'll be blown off. So there are so many things that step that down and dimension it into a usable format in your house. Are we on the same page? So when you see anything, you have to see it from that perspective. So at every point in time, at every point in time and to anything, there is a spiritual perspective and there is a material perspective to everything. The spiritual perspective is asking only two questions. You see, people struggle to understand scripture because they don't understand the language of the Bible. The language of the Bible is under attack consistently by civilization. Because in your modern world, science has dimensioned words into the um, economics, and the politics that you understand today. But Bible cosmology in itself has different narrative tied to the words. For example, if you say, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, in your mind today, you wouldn't know. It's just automatic, it's just subconscious. When you see heaven and the earth, you are thinking of planet earth. But nobody was talking about planets at that time. So it couldn't have meant planet Earth. Come on now. And even planet Earth in 1980 was one of how many planets? Nine. 
Now we have realized that some of the planets we call planets are no longer planets. Then we now realize that there are some planets that are even existing then that we did not know at all. So we now know new planets, and then what we call planets at that time, some of them were not even planets at all. So how can your known knowledge and your knowledge of a modern world today be capturing documentations of millions of years ago, thousands of years ago? So heaven and earth in Genesis 1 is not your understanding of heaven and earth. When you say heaven and earth now, you are thinking of where God is and our planets. But heaven and earth in Genesis 1 is the spiritual half of the universe, heaven, and the material half of the universe, earth. So the earth is not just this planet, it is everything under the spiritual half. Come on, am I talking to you? So when you see, let there be light, what do you think of? Brightness. That's what you think of, let there be light. Because the only way you can appreciate light is thinking brightness. But when, when, Jesus, when the Bible says, let there be light, it wasn't bright. Brightness was there, but clarity was there. Consciousness was there. There's so much to that light that transcends the limits of physical light. Am I talking to you? There are so many words in scripture that if you continue to use your modern world to read the Bible, you will never understand it. You have to go out of your way a bit to understand Bible cosmology and the language and the intents that define those qualifications because your own words has given you a different representation. Are you here with me? Now, listen to this. This is very important. So when they give manna to the children of Israel, manna was spiritual food. I hope you know. It was spiritual food. It wasn't meant to nourish the body. It was meant to nourish the soul. Go read it again in, in Deuteronomy 8. He said that you may know that man shall not live by bread alone. He said that you may know that man shall not live by bread alone. So this is not being fed. Your soul is food for the soul and you are not being fed at that point to nourish your body. The quail that came to meet it is from the earth. Guess what? That is what is going to help the spiritual connection that you are receiving and dimension it into a usable format that you understand. Am I talking to you? No, I, I, I understand where you are, so let's just, just stay with me. So when Jesus was talking, you can understand why he had to say, because you would never have understood the kingdom if Jesus continued to speak of how the kingdom looks. Most of the things you read in Revelations are so useless to your thinking, right? And you are wondering, okay, it's 54 elders, we just describe it like one heavy shrine. Meanwhile, just by the side, I've been doing deep studies in the book of Revelation, in the book of the prophets, and I realized, I see a lot of those beasts that you are reading about, they are machines of, some of them are devices. Just imagine if a plane had been shown to Isaiah. What do you think he would call it? He would say, ah, a plane. You think you write, ah, I saw a plane. The Lord God just appeared to me, a, an aeroplane. He's going to say, I saw a big bird with long wings and the sound of many monsters. He's not going to call it a plane. If, do you think if Isaiah had seen a chopper, if God had shown him an helicopter, he would say, ah, I saw an helicopter. He doesn't have that contest, so he can't speak from there. If you have never seen a chopper before, and for the first time in your life, they showed you an helicopter you were living 10,000 years ago. You will run away. 
You will say, what is this? You will, like they said, what is man? You will just tear off because you don't understand what it is. So just imagine that God had shown a cyborg to John in Revelation. What is he going to call it? I saw a spirit with the eyes, with seven eyes. Those seven eyes are not necessarily some spirit. Oh, come on. Am I causing trouble for you? You must understand that John was chronically limited by the context of his time. Just as you are also limited by the context of your time to understand what John could be saying, John was also limited by the context of his time to represent what he was saying to you. That's why Jesus said, he that has here, let him hear. He said, these are numbers, they are coded. May you understand them because these are not just at face value. There is more to what you see than meets your eye. If what you see is all you see, you are blind. If what you hear is all you hear, you are deaf. Because there's so much to what you can see or hear that can meet your physical eyes or physical ear. Please stay with me. So part of that, part of that is to understand that there's so much that Jesus had to say. And he said, I get it. I'm going to help them. I'm bringing manna, spiritual food, but I need to raise something else. I'm lowering heaven to them, but I need to raise something from their realm in their tangible world, in their corporal world, in the things they can touch, in the things that have weight and occupy space that has meaning in their world to meet this spiritual truth so that it can be knowable. So the kingdom of God is like coin, talent, seed. Now, he didn't need to explain seed to them. Seed was already in their life. So as he was saying, the kingdom of God is like bread. I am the bread of life. They got it. The kingdom of God is like a man that went out to sow brides with virgins, with oil, and all of that. He was using representations in their material world to communicate spiritual truth. So every time you, you come in contact with spiritual perspective, the question before you is, what does he mean? What truth does he embody? Two things. Spiritual perspective is about Meaning, what does this mean? Mana, what does it mean? What deeper truth does it embody? Material perspective also has two things. How does it work and what is it made of? Come on now, stay with me. How does it work and what is it made of? So every time there is material perspective, you are speaking of two questions, basically. What does this thing mean? If it's a camera that you see, whatever it is, manna, I'm sorry, quail, um, seed, um, coin, um, whatever it is, door. What is it made of? And how does it work? That's the question from the material perspective. From the spiritual perspective, what you are trying to understand is what does it mean? And what truth does it, what deeper truth does it embody? Then the material realm, dimensions that into a format that you can understand, pretty much deconcentrates it, diffuses it. Are we on the same page? Please stay with me. Once you accept that, once you accept that, it means that for everything going on in the world, call it democracy, call it capitalism, call it whatever you call it, there is a spiritual meaning that that thing is representing either unto God or unto evil. 
Come on now. What I'm telling you is not just things for the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of hell too is what it's, it's like it's that way. So I, I don't care if it's a song. I don't care if it's a lyric. I don't care if it's a movie. At every point in time, there is a spiritual perspective and there is a material perspective. Are we clear? Now, this is the reason why, give me Romans 1 now, verse 27, I think, or verse 18, Romans 1, 18. This is the reason why you see that you can't engage the culture if you stay strictly in spiritual perspective. So, physical manifestation of things are metaphysical truth attached to them. So, if you want to govern the culture, whether it's God and the culture, or God and whatever it is, the physical realm is so critical. There is nothing God can do on earth without physical representation of spiritual truth. That is why we can't stay in the spiritual perspective and win any culture war, and win anything here. And that is why we are struggling with science, we struggle with the culture, because we make attempts in our naivety and ignorance to define what God is doing away from science. Meanwhile, everything you see in the scientific realm, everything you see in the culture, actually has spiritual perspective attached to it. It has a meaning. It embodies some type of truth. So look at this. Because this is very important. The wrath of God is revealed from the heaven, from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Go ahead. Because, now listen to this, this is amazing. Because what may be known of God, the word may be, does it speak of the future? When you see what may be known of God, it's talking about everything you can ever know. The things you know now and the, that you are yet to know. Am I correct? It's English language. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. Let's go. Look at this. For since the creation of the world, its invisible attributes are clearly seen. Its invisible attributes are clearly seen. How? Being understood by the things that are made. Being understood by the things that are made. Now, even, let me tell you something. Everywhere you see even, every other thing is taken for granted. So if it says its invisible attributes are clearly seen by the things that are made, it means everything invisible in God, even his eternal power and Godhead are clearly seen. How are they understood? By the things that are made. You want to understand God, your neck should not be raised to heaven. You should be looking at the world. Come on now. Am I talking to you? Your neck should not be, oh God, no, it is finished. Your eyes should not be, God, show me, no. You should be saying, God, show me. God, show me, because everything you need to know about God, even his eternal power, even the Godhead, Trinity, everything you want to know are not going to be shown to you in heaven, then you will understand them by the things that are made. When you question what is made, you find spiritual perspective. Don't be deceived 
by the weight of primitivity in the past that permitted misery that arrested the humility, the ignorance of the human condition. There were so many things God was doing 200,000 years ago, 500,000 years ago that he had to do because the understanding of the things going on physically are not there. So today it's like you are praying to God, you touch a metal that is very hot and you are praying to God, God, should I touch, should I drop it? Because your word says, I should acknowledge you in all my ways. So I'm acknowledging you now. It's burning me, it's burning me, please Lord, should I drop it? Who has ever prayed that kind of prayer? Once you touch it, what do you do? And it's burning, what do you do? And when you release it, what do you say? Thank God, right? Why are you thanking God? Because you know you heard God. You heard him clearly, drop it. Now, you didn't hear him with your physical ears, but something told you, you are not supposed to be touching this thing. And God is in agreement with it, so drop it now. You didn't feel guilty when you dropped it. Ah, I didn't pray before I dropped it. No, you didn't feel bad. You just know that is what you have to do. If you want to understand God amongst men, you want to dominate the culture. What is culture? The way we love, the way we live, the way we walk, the way we die, and the way we play. I'll take it again. Everything you see in the world, shoe, car, airplane, hotels, anything you see in the world, they are all working in five realms. They are either about how you live, how you love, how you play, how you walk, or how you die. That is culture shaping. So if you want to shape culture, those are the five blocks of here. Whatever product you want to create, it must meet one, two, three, four, or the whole of the five. Am I talking to you? Now, to really understand that and to function in that realm and to be manifesting at that realm and to be dominating your world, shaping culture, doing the impossible, creating miracles every day. I'm going to get into that in the next service of how to create miracles and why you have to create miracles and what miracles are. But understand, first of all, that the unusual elevation that is promised to you in 2023 and beyond is the idea that you will be in charge of the elements of the world, of all of the energy that defines it, and you will, permit me to use the word, manipulate it to the glory of God in alignment with the agenda of your king. Am I talking to you? So, if you really want to understand God, most people easily assume that the way that is going to happen to you is by focusing on the things that are intangible, God revealing to us. When God reveals anything to you, it's going to have a physical representation. The world understands that. They don't have the indulgence of a God working in their life. So part of what they do is to depend on what they can see and what they can hear. So they question everything. I'm going to break that down in the next service. So they question everything. And in questioning them, they gave us microphone. They gave us speakers. They've given us cameras. They've given us all kinds of things. That is the way the world works. There is nothing you will do in the culture today that will resonate with the people of the culture that will unlock their humility and help them to surrender to the ideology you represent, except those things will be represented by some product or some service in one way or the other. Ladies and gentlemen, evangelism in the 2020s and the 2030s all the way to the future of whatever, however elastic that is, 
it's not about sharing tracts. It's not about quoting scriptures. It's not about saying, let me talk to you, come and give your life to Christ, for God so loved the world. You don't even need to say a word. Evangelism going forward is about cultural shaping. If there is one phrase to replace evangelism, it's cultural shaping. And guess how to do that? It's to conduct your affairs in a visible, measurable, transferable manner. Let your light so shine, not before God. Come on now. It's here, the things that are made, the things that are made. Let your light so shine, not before God, but before men, that they may discern, no, they may see, any fool should be able to see it. They don't need spiritual understanding to be able to see it. When you manifest in God, any dummy can understand the weight of what you are manifesting. Because sight is the lot of all, both the fool and the wise. You don't need formal training to know how to see. It doesn't need to be born. So when the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see, it's talking about the lowest of thinking and the highest of thinking should see that and glorify your Father who is in heaven. It means that when they meet you and what you are manifesting, it does two things. Number one, it unlocks their humility. Number two, it unlocks their curiosity to pursue your source. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is evangelism, guys. You don't need to say a word, whether it's in your office or in your business or in the marketplace, wherever you find yourself, the goal is for you to be able to sit in that place, manifest in such a manner that the humility and the curiosity of everybody observing you is unlocked and in the direction of your source. Rise to your feet. Listen. Listen. There are dimensions of operations to everything I've discussed. Please, when you get back home, get online and plug in and flow into that spirit. But in this service, I want to do one thing. I know you are all here, but all I am saying and that I will say in the other two services are not for everybody. You have to be plugged in at a level to manifest them. Look, these are the days where the cure to cancer will be delivered to you just by one look. Just by one look, right here as we are teaching, as we are talking, somebody will find the next level of some program or some maybe internet or social media. You'll be stunned that when God is speaking to you today, he's giving you tangible ideas, corporal ideas that can work in the world, that can unlock the curiosity of the world, the CNNs, the Time magazines. I mean, think about all the powerful institutions, Pentagon, um, Hollywood, um, um, Nassar, think about it, Kremlin, 10 Downing Street, and all the powerhouses of the world, all the power centers are taking a second look at what you represent because of the weight of your manifestation. You see what I'm saying? If you are here today, and you know, I want you to close your eyes, everyone, I want to pray for you. If you know that if you die now, you're not going to Jesus. You know you don't have a walking, talking relationship with Jesus. If Jesus shows up now, you know you are not part of that conversation. You are not part of that movement at all. I'm going to ask you to come out. First of all, to put your hands up where you are. Don't put it up yet. But if you are sure that if Jesus comes now, you are with him. If you are going to heaven now, you are in the bus. If you are sure, deep in your spirit, don't impress anybody this question to you. If you are sure, I'm going to ask you to sit down. If you are not sure, please remain standing. Don't look at anybody. It's your world. 
to yourself be true. Today, be true. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Don't look at anybody. You don't care. You see, walk you. Do you know there's no seniority in the grave? All of us are going there alone. You see what I'm saying? Now take one more step. I did this October 25, 1995. Surrendered my life to Jesus. If you want to start that journey today, I'm going to ask you to step out right here. I want to pray for you. So standing up, God bless you for your sincerity to take you very far. But sincerity is not a factor of production. People are sincerely in prison. People are sincerely poor, sincerely frustrated. People are sincerely dead. You need engagement in your life. And so take that one more step now. If you want to surrender your life and start a good work and you want me to pray with you, then step out here right now. Boldly. God bless you. God bless you. If you're standing, you want to come out, God bless you. Thank you, brother. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. I see you. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sister. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Amen. You can still come if you want to join us. God bless you, sir. Keep clapping. Celebrate these people. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you all. God bless you all. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for everyone that is out here. And I want you all to say after me, Heavenly Father, say after me, Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of your Son, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died for me, and on the third day you were risen for my sake. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for saving me. A new work begins for me today. Completely new reality. I'm a winner, and I step out by faith in your name. Thank you for listening. We hope that the message has blessed your heart. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng. For more information about us and all our other resources, please visit www.lifepointng.org.